in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. We will continue our Bible study tonight from the Gospel of St. Luke, uh, chapter 8. This Gospel has 56 verses, so we'll take half of the, of the chapter until verse 25. The outline of the chapter uh, from verse 1 to 3, some women ministered the Lord Jesus Christ, supported his ministry. Then from verse 4 to 8, the parable of the sower. Then from verse 9 to 10, the purpose of the parables. Then from 11 to 15, explanation of the parable of the sower, 16 to 18, the parable of the revealed light, revealed light. Then from 19 to 21, who is Jesus' relative? And by the way, tomorrow the gospel is again, who is Jesus' relative? The same passage, but from Mark. So the gospel of the liturgy tomorrow will be from Mark, but the same incident that we will study tonight. Then from 22 to 25, wind and wave obey the Lord Jesus Christ. And this will be the end of our Bible study tonight. Uh, then from 26 to 39, Jesus restores a demon-possessed man. And from 40 to 56, a girl restored to life and a woman healed. So this the outline of chapter 8. Let's start from verse 1. Now it came to pass afterward that he went through every city and village preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God and the twelve were with him. Uh, St. Luke here notices an alteration in the master's way of life. So chapter 8 is considered a turning point in our Lord Jesus Christ's way of life and way of preaching. For example, before chapter 8 here, most of his time was in Capernaum. But from this time forward, Jesus ceased to make Capernaum his city, his usual residence. But now he is journeying with his disciples from place to place. Before chapter 8, his teaching was very direct. Rarely he used a parable. But from this time, there was a distinct change in the tone of his teaching. Now he is using parables. Not only that, John the Baptist had preached repentance as the preparation of the kingdom. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. But as we read in verse 1, our Lord 
Preach the kingdom itself. Not how to prepare yourself for the kingdom, but the kingdom itself. The glad tidings, because the kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. He preached to them the glad tidings of salvation. Don't fear, little flock, it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Verse 2, And certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom had come seven demons, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others who provided for him from their substance. So he mentioned here three women supported the Lord Jesus Christ in his ministry, and he said and other women also supported him, supported his ministry. Mary or Miriam was a favorite name among Hebrew women. women. This Mary is called Magdalene or of Magdala to distinguish her from other Marys bearing the same name. Magdala was a little town near Tiberias. Some believe that Mary Magdalene, she is the sinner in chapter 7 that washed the feet of the Lord with her tears, wiped them with the hair of her head, and poured perfume on his feet. But origin, scholar origin, reject the identification. We have St. Ambrose, St. Augustine, and St. Jerome doubtful whether she is Mary Magdalene or not. In Jesus' time, women's rights were very limited, religiously and civilly. However, St. Luke in certain places especially notices the love and devotion of the women to our Lord Jesus Christ. And now we see that the women are supporting his ministry. This new position of women is because of the teaching of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, the Lord taught that the women are fellow heirs with men of the kingdom of heaven. In the kingdom of God, there is no men or women. All are equal. All are the same. And it was obvious that they could no longer occupy on earth their old inferior and subordinate position. Christianity preached equality between men and women in Jesus Christ, no difference between man and woman. So he mentioned Mary Magdalene, out of her he cast out seven demons. He mentioned Joanna, and she is the wife of Chusa, was a steward of Herod. 
So she must have been a person of wealth and high rank at the court of Herod Antipas because of the position of her husband. And we will read about her again among the faithful women in the story of resurrection in Luke chapter 24 verse 10. And it has been suggested that Khuza was the nobleman of Capernaum whose dying son was healed by the Lord Jesus Christ. If you remember, there was a nobleman in Capernaum and his son was sick and he sent to the Lord Jesus Christ and then the Lord healed him. This story mentioned in John chapter 4. So some believe that Khuza is the same person that was mentioned in John chapter 4. The third woman is Susanna. Susanna means Lily. And of this Susanna, we, nothing else is mentioned. So we don't know except her name and was just mentioned as one of the women uh, supported the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ. And when we read who provided for him for their substance, it shows us the humble condition of our Lord Jesus Christ. He appeared as a needy person, needed their kindness, needed their support. So out of his great humility, he accepted their support. Though he is the rich and who enrich every person, but yet for our sakes, he became poor. Verse 4, And when a great multitude had gathered, and they had come to him from every city, he spoke by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So as I told you, a great change took place in the way of our Lord working at this point. Uh, we already noticed that he doesn't stay in one place, Capernaum, but now he is moving from place to place. Another change, as I explained, a new way of teaching was now adopted, that of the parable. It was from this time onward that when he taught, he seems generally to have spoken 
in those famous parables or stories. He's not speaking directly anymore. Why? He changed the manner of his teaching. Why he switched from direct teaching into speaking in parables. If you study the first seven chapters from the Gospel of Luke, and if we consider the attitude of the crowd who listened to him, he was speaking plainly to the people. Like the Sermon on the Mountain, for example, has little or maybe no parable form at all. But they did not understood, they did not understand his message. And they formed false view of the kingdom of God that he explained to them. That's why now he's changing his method of teaching. Like he is veiling his thoughts in parables in order that his own, his followers, his disciples, the faithful disciples, he can explain to them privately the meaning of the parables to be able to see clearly. But the other people who were not faithful to him, he will speak to them in parables. So he is not revealing his thoughts to, the, to those who deliberately misunderstood him. For example, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, he will not give them a plain and a clear message, but he will speak in mysteries and they will be mystified and perplexed to his teaching. But the humble people and the faithful to him, he will explain the meaning of his teaching and they will be uh, attracted to his teaching. So here, for example, we see a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to the Lord Jesus Christ from every town. This was the impression of an eyewitness, how many, many people assembled to listen to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, but the Lord was not impressed by this number. He was not impressed by this popularity because he knew these crowds just sitting around him, but their heart was not with him. That's why he told them this parable. He spoke in parable. And the parable of the sower is a vivid picture of a farmer sowing wheat from a bag strapped over his shoulder, scattering seed by the reaching of his hand into the bag and throwing the seed in an ark. 
So he was throwing the seed like ark somehow in front of him while he was walking in the field. The focus of this parable and the next parable which is the parable of the revealing light and the instant um, and the saying that follows the focus uh, when Mary and his uh, brothers came to see the Lord Jesus Christ so the main purpose of these three the parable of the sower parable of the revealing light and when Saint Mary came with his brothers the focus of these three instance is how one hears the word of God and acts on it and we can see the word hear or heard is repeated seven times in this parable only and also repeated in its uh, interpretation in verse 8 two times then one time in verse 10 one time verse 12 one time verse 13 one time verse 14 and one time verse 15 and here we see four type of ground the first type is the road some fell along the path on the road which was by the side of the field so around the field there is roads and people usually walk on the roads around the field and because people walk on the road so any seed fell falls on the road will be beaten hard and trodden by the feet of men so the ground will not receive the seed at all so this ground describe the hearers of the word who are not receptive of it they do not take it in have no manner of understanding of it like you come to the church stay one hour to hour and then leave nothing actually entered your heart you pray in the morning open your agbay and pray nothing entered into your heart you open the bible maybe just to read but you are distracted nothing entered into your heart and the lord said this seed was trampled upon by everyone who passed by so here the word of God is preached to people with hardened heart they are ignorant hearers and the word of God is despised and trampled underfoot by them then he said the birds ate it up the birds usually fly uh, about places where the seed is sowing here birds represent the devil and his soldiers 
The devil and his soldiers have their dwelling in air, as we read in Ephesians chapter 2. And uh, they come to the public place of worship, like the church, in order actually to catch any seed that is falling on our heart, to hinder the usefulness of the ministry of the word. That's the first type. Second type, the rocky ground. In Matthew and Mark, it was described as stony places. Here Luke used rocky ground. And Luke also did not mention how the wheat is uh, sorry, grew quickly, but Matthew and Mark mentioned this. And with the sunrise, it withered away. But Luke mentioned something not mentioned in Matthew and Mark that the lack of moisture made it die quickly. Matthew and Mark mentioned the lack of soil, no depth. But Luke mentioned lack of moisture. Uh, moisture represents the dew and the rain of the grace of God. Without the grace of God working in my heart, the seed will not, the seed of the word, will not be able to put forth roots and to carry fruits. The third type is the thorns. Field full of thorns. Uh, the thorns are so fatal to the good seed. Uh, the thorn will grow with the seed. And the thorn will be strong as when the seed becomes strong. But finally the thorn will overpower the fruit. And when Luke spoke about the good ground, he mentioned only 100 times. In Matthew and Mark we hear 30-fold, 60-fold and 100-fold. But Luke mentioned only hard hundredfold. So Luke has one degree of fruitfulness, the highest hundredfold. Uh, and he did not mention like Mark and Matthew the various degrees of productivity, 30 and 60 as well as hundredfold. Then after the Lord finished the parable uh, Luke said he cried or he called out with a loud voice as if he wants to say something needs our attention. He said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Verse 9, Then his disciples asked him, saying, What does this parable mean? So when they heard the parable, they did not understand. And he said, To you 
faithful listeners, it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to the rest, it is given in parables. As I explained a few minutes ago, how God changed the way of teaching. Why it was given in parables? That seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. So the disciples here failed to grasp the full meaning of the parable of the sower. So they asked the Lord Jesus Christ to explain. And in his answer to the disciples, the Lord gave them the reason why he is teaching in parables. And he quote Isaiah chapter 6 verse 9. So seeing you will see and you don't perceive Hearing you will hear and don't understand. This from Isaiah chapter 6 verse 9. So Jesus is teaching in the tradition. Now he went to another style, which is the style of the Old Testament prophets. Old Testament prophets spoke in parables. When the people and the religious authority and civil authorities rejected the word of God. And their hard and unresponsive hearts kept them from receiving and understanding the message of the prophet. So God now, the Lord Jesus Christ, is using the method that was used by the Old Testament prophets. Like in the time of Isaiah, only those of open hearts who see with faith and hear with humility will grasp the message of God. Our Lord Jesus Christ, because he reads our minds and our hearts. He is aware by the sad experience and by his foreknowledge. He knew that the glorious news of the kingdom of God will not attract the ordinary he hearer. They were rejected because their mind is in earthly kingdom not in heavenly kingdom. And they did not want to depart from their earthly hopes and earthly loves and fears. They preferred not to be healed as God wanted to heal them. They preferred earthly kingdom rather than heavenly kingdom. That's why the master spoke to them in parables with the intention of veiling the divine story and the divine plan from their carelessness and their indifference. So, while the parable is hidden to the careless, it is transparent to the attentive mind, to those who are faithful to the message of the word of God. Verse 11, 
Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, who believe for a while, and in time of temptation, fall away. Now the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. So, if the word of God is the seed, then who is the sower? Jesus. Jesus came to sow people's hearts with excellent seed. He is the sower who sowed the seeds himself. He himself also is the seed because he is the word of God. So he is the sower and he is the seed because he is the word of God. And we must carefully keep in mind that in none of the four classes picture in this parable, the wayside, rocky uh, ground, uh, ground with thorns and the good ground, uh, among these four classes, we did not see anyone despising God or declared as enemy of the faith. So they are believers, they are Christian, and they are not enemies of God, and they are not enemies of Christianity. So this parable, the four types of ground, are four classes of the followers of Jesus, of the Christian. The wayside, these hearers represent the great outer circle of men and women who more or less respect religion. So they respect the religion. They say you are Christian. But their hearts resemble a footpath, beaten hard by constant passing of the wishes of the flesh or thoughts concerning earthly and wretched things. They are Christian by name. And they have no antagonistic attitude toward the church or toward Christianity. But their heart is hardened. So even when they listen, the, the, their heart did not receive the word of God at all. At all. They are distracted all the time. So into their hearts, the word can never really penetrate. Maybe 
momentary, momentary influence. Only momentary for a moment. But the devil and his soldiers who are watching these people, they will come with swift wings like birds of the air, fly down and snatch away the scattered seed, which maybe for a moment seemed as though it would take root in their heart. This kind of people hear the word of the kingdom without making any effort to understand or to embrace the word of truth. And since they have failed to understand, Satan is able to separate them from the truth and from the kingdom. That is the first type. Second type, the rocky ground. This person received the word of God with joy. He enjoy and say, the word of God is beautiful. It touched my heart. But he does not apply the word of God to his life. That's why there is no internal stability. There is no roots. They are impulsive men and women who charm it with the beauty uh, of the gospel message. They received the word and they took up the yoke of the Lord Jesus Christ with joy, but without thought. That's why when the sun rises, this is the temptation, the hardship, the time of persecution, they abandon their faith in God. They abandon their faith in God. The third type, the ground with thorns. This person hears the word, but does not put God above everything else in his life. He has double-minded. The secular world, with its anxiety and seductions, overcomes his faith and fails to produce any fruit. They hear the word, they grasp the word, and maybe for a part of each day, they try to live according to the word of God. But with this life, there is another life, side by side, with the golden grain. So they have the wheat and they have the thorns together. So with the wheat that's growing, crop of thorns growing also, side by side. These thorns, unless destroyed in the right time, will it choke the word of God and ruin the true fruit. These people are double-minded, as St. James said. They serve two masters, God and the world. 
So the first time they did not understand or retain the word. Second time they understand the word but not apply it. Third time they understand and apply it partially because they have the love of God and the love of the world together, side by side. Like the rich man who came to the Lord Jesus Christ and told him, what do I need to do to inherit the kingdom of God? And when the Lord told him, do you know the commandments? He told him, yes, I kept them from my childhood. But the love of God was side by side with the love of money. That's why when the Lord told him, go sell what you have and follow me, he was offended. We read about this rich man that the Lord Jesus Christ loved him, looked at him and loved him. So there has, must be some beautiful and true virtues in this young man. That's why the Lord loved him. But also in his heart, there was thorns of the love of money. And St. Luke actually spoke about three types of thorn. Love of money, riches, love of pleasures, and the worries of the world. Cares, worries, riches, and pleasures of life. So the worry about future, or love of money, or love of pleasure. Another example is Hananiah and Sapphira. Actually, they had given up much for the name of the Lord. They associated themselves with hated and persecuted minority, Christian in the beginning of Christianity. And they sacrificed a large portion of their property to help the poor of the Christian. Yet, these people, although looked like devoted people, had double life. They had thorn that grown up and twinned with the corn or with the wheat. That's why they did not bear fruit. The good ground, those who keep the word of God in a noble and good heart. So they hear the word and apply it in their life. Heard the word, kept the word unapplied. And St. Luke said, with patience. They bore fruit with patience. So these are who hear with an honest and good intention, faithfully keep the word of God, hold it fast. So they read the word of God or hear it, they understand it, they keep it in their hearts, they apply it in their life, so they bear fruit in abundance with patience. The fact that there are four types means that the Lord Jesus Christ cast his seed in every direction, to every kind of soil, to every nation and race. 
Uh, and by the way, this was a common farming technique in which most of the seed was expected to produce healthy plants. So the farmer used just to throw the seed in every direction, expecting that most of the seed will produce healthy plants. So in this technique, they used large amount of seed. And when they uh, throw the seed in a generous way, so, and they are assured that the whole area was covered, then they will have a very fruitful harvest. As I give you examples of people who had thorns in their hearts, let me give you some examples of people who have good heart. Like Mary of Bethany, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. With her devoted love, her generous friendship is one example. Another example is Cornelius. Mary was Jewish, Cornelius was a Gentile who sent to Peter with his fervent piety, his noble generosity toward the despised and hated race. So we saw a Jewish and a Gentile. As I told you, the seed were thrown into different kinds of land. Barnabas also, with his splendid kindness, his complete selflessness, and his true charity, and many other are good examples. So different genders, varied races, diverse path of life, uh, but these who kept the word of God and applied in their hearts. Verse 16. No one, when he has lit a lamp, covers it with a vessel or puts it under a bed, but sits on a lampstand that those who enter may see the light. In this parable, we call it the parable of the revealed light. Our Lord Jesus Christ continues with the theme of responding to the word of God, how we respond to the word of God. The parable reveals that the secrets of the kingdom cannot remain hidden. They are hidden for a short time in the parables, but the secrets of the kingdom of God cannot remain hidden. It is the will of God that they must be revealed. This light must be revealed and put on a lampstand, not under a basket and not under the bed. The lampstand is the church, and the faithful disciple is a lamp in the lampstand. And our Lord Jesus Christ, He is the Word. So the Lord lights the lamp with the Word. So 
with the word of God, when I keep the word of God inside me, I will be light in the lampstand which is the church. So the light is the word illuminated by the faith of the disciple that's evidenced by his righteous deeds. When I believe the word, keep the word in my heart and apply it in my life, in my righteous deeds, then I will turn to be a light. And this light will be radiated to the whole world from the lampstand that is the church. So the Lord Jesus Christ, the sower here, preaches the kingdom of God with the intention that we who receive the word and believe in the word and apply the word eventually will be light to the world. Will not be under basket or bed, but on the lampstand shining to the world. So the lightning of the lamp describes the conduct of the Christian disciple set on fire by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does not shine through a soul and this soul decides to be hidden. But by our good deeds and righteous deeds, we the disciples of Christ who are to influence the world to do good as shining lamp set in the open. But when we fail to produce good works and to bear fruit, then we are quenching the power of the Holy Spirit. So there is no light in this lamp, like the foolish five virgins. And this lamp will be ineffective like a hidden lamp under the bed or under a basket. Then in verse 17, the Lord gave us a warning. For nothing is secret that will not be revealed, nor anything hidden that will not be known and come to light. That's why he told us the kingdom of God will be revealed. You cannot hide the word of God. You cannot hide the truth. That's why you need to be careful how to listen. Verse 18, Therefore, take heed how you hear. For whoever has, if you received the word of God and you kept it and you applied it in your life, to him, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have fruit if you receive the word of God, but if you don't, you don't bear fruit, even what he seems to have will be taken from him. Take heed how you hear. The teaching of our Lord Jesus Christ may seem difficult to understand now. But what's difficult now and during the time of his ministry, will be revealed, will be explained after his crucifixion, resurrection, ascension to heaven, and after he sent the Holy Spirit.
So his warning to be careful how to hear and how to receive and interpret the word of God is a very important warning to all of us. He wants all of us to be like the fourth person, the good ground, who hear the word, retain it, and by patience, by persevering, we will produce fruits. The Lord said, the light is placed on the lampstand in order to illuminate the world. And now, he is teaching us the prior duty of being light. What is the prior duty of being light? Is actually to reveal the secret of the kingdom and the good glad tidings of the kingdom, the good gospel of salvation to the world. So those who embrace the word of God with generous heart and bear fruit constantly in the face of adversity, more graces will be given to them. More graces. When you have fruit, you will be given more. But those who quench the spirit do not produce good works as demonstration of their faith. They don't have fruits, uh, but they are busy laboring for the temporal goods, for the earthly goods. They ultimately lose the few blessings that they had. So if we don't use our knowledge of the scripture, we apply it in our life, then as if we don't have real position of this knowledge, it will be shallow and unreal, and eventually we will lose it. Verse 19, Then his mother and brothers came to him and could not approach him because of the crowd. And it was told to him by some who said, Your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he answered and said to them, My mother and my brothers are these who hear the word of God and do it. So, Jesus' family came from Nazareth to see him. But because of the crowd, they couldn't reach him. So when they told him, your mother and your brothers are here, the Lord highlighted two important points when he compared between the physical family and the spiritual family. The first point that in the kingdom of God, the spiritual family take precedence over the physical family. And the second, the bond among the spiritual family is the bond of the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, 
When his mothers and brothers came to see him and to hear the word from him, the Lord pointed out why God the Father chose Mary to be his mother. Why? God the Father saw that Mary heard the word of God, kept the word of God in her heart, and acted on it. That's why he chose her to be the mother of God. So, although she, she is his mother physically, but also spiritually, because he, she heard the word, kept it in heart, and applied she also in the spiritual family of God. So here the Lord used this opportunity to tell us that each one of us can be in the family of God if we are like Saint Mary. If we hear the word of God, keep it in our hearts and apply it in our life, we will be like Saint Mary, the family of God. Uh, who are the brothers of Jesus? We know that Saint Mary remained a virgin all of her life. So the brothers and sisters of Jesus referred to his relative, his cousins, her kinsmen or kinswoman. It was the custom of the Jews and other Semites that the term brother or sister was applied not only to the siblings, but to close relatives like cousins, half-brothers, step-brothers, even to the countrymen. That's why the brothers of Jesus, according to St. Jerome, they are his cousins, because St. Mary remained a virgin all the days of her life. Verse 22. Now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples. And he said to them, let us cross over the other side of the lake. And they launched out. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake. And they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water. And they ceased, and there was a calm. But he said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled saying to one another, Who can this be? For he commands even the winds and water, and they obey him. So our Lord Jesus Christ left the place and launched with his disciples in a ship toward the other side of the lake. This trip according to St. Mark, happened on the same day he preached the parables in order to escape from the crowd. 
But St. Luke did not mention it was in the same day. He did not mention that he preached the parables from the boat like Mark. And he, didn't, he did not mention that he wanted to escape from the crowd. But simply Luke mentioned on one of the days. On one of the days. But this doesn't mean any contradiction. Uh, but this day, the Lord was tired. It was a day of continuous toil. So he was a full human and full divine, and the two natures are united together. So he was resting because he is a full human, and he fell asleep. He became tired. That's why he needed to catch some sleep. Mark, uh, Luke, sorry, Luke in his gospel usually used the term suddenly. Uh, so the suddenness and violence of this storm is in exact accordance with the style of St. Luke in his writing. And the Sea of Galilee is known of its sudden violent storm. This storm was very severe because the disciples are experienced fishermen on this sea, the Sea of Galilee. But they were terrified. And the boat started to be filled with the water. So this storm must have been something more than any just usual lake storm. And they awoke him saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. So the disciples did not take comfort when they saw the Lord Jesus Christ is sleeping. They needed his help, so they awoke him. And when they said, we are perishing, we, they included him. All of us, including you. If the boat is drowning and the boat went down, all of us, we will go down with the boat. So when Jesus uh, uh, rose from his sleep, he rebuked the wind and the raging water with authority. And suddenly, all was calm. All of a sudden, there was a great calm. Then he looked at the disciples and rebuked them. Where is your faith? You have seen many miracles done by me. Where is your faith? The storm did not disturb the Lord Jesus Christ. But because of the unbelief of the disciples, the storm disturbed them. But even after the Lord calmed the storm, they were afraid. They were afraid because of his authority. How he calmed the storm with authority. This powerful display of our crea creation led them to ask, who is this? Who is this man? And here the disciples saw both his humanity and his divinity. His humanity when he was tired and fell asleep. His, his divinity in his authority over the creation. They saw Jesus for who he is, 
perfect man and perfect divine. And these two uh, natures are united together. This concludes our Bible study for today. I will give a quick summary in Arabic in a few minutes. Ishaq Tamania من إنجيل معلمنا لوقا بيبين تغيير في كرازة السيد المسيح التغيير ده شمل أكتر من نحل النحل الأولى قبل كده أغلب الوقت كان قاعد في كفر النحوم إنما دلوقتي ابتدى يتنقل من مكان لمكان الحاجة التانية إن ابتدى يتكلم بأمثال قبل كده كان بيتكلم علنيا إنما يقول قد كلمتكم بأمثال حاجة الثالثة إن ابتدى يعلن عن ملكوت السماوات يعني يوحنا المعمدان في كرزته كان بيقولهم طوبوا لأنه قد اقترب ملكوت الله إنما هنا مثلا في الأمثال يقول يشبه ملكوت السماوات كذا فابتدى يعلن عن الملكوت فدول الثلاث حاجات اتغيروا في كراسة السيد المسيح من أول صح تمام يقول وعلى أثر ذلك كان يسير في مدينة وقرية ما كانش قاعد في مكان واحد يكرز ويبشر بملكوت الله ومعه الإثل عشر وبعض النساء كنا قد شفينا من أرواح شريرة وأمراض النساء في اليهودية وأشرف كل العالم قبل المسيحية ما أقصدش في اليهودية كديانة أقصد ككالتشر يعني كانوا بينظر إليهم نظرة دونية إنما السيد المسيح لما جه وابتدى يعلم وابتدى يكرم المرأة زي ما هنا سمح لهم إن هم يساعدوا الخدمة بتاعته فمن هنا بولس الرسول يقول إن في المسيح يسوع ليس رجل شيء ولا المرأة يعني لا الرجل من دون المرأة ولا المرأة من دون الرجل الاثنين متساويين وإن نشوف زي سيد المسيح سمح لبعض النسوة إن هم يساعدوا خدمته من أموالهن مريم التي تعطى على المجدلية لأنها كانت في المدينة اسمها مجدل دي كانت جنب بحر الجليل ودي خرج منها سبعة شياطين بعض المفسرين بيقولوا هي المرأة الخاطئة في بيت سمعان الفريسي ولكن كتير من الأباء رفضوا أو شككوا في هذا التفسير السيدة الثانية اللي هي يوانا امرأة خوزي وكيل هيرودس ودي ذكرت أيضا في أحداث القيامة في صحاح 24 وبعض المفسرين بقول خوزي ده هو الذي ذكر في يوحنا صحاح 4 كان عنده ابن عيان وسيد المسيح شفاه والمرأة الثالثة أو سيدة الثالثة اللي هي سوسنة وما نعرفش عنها غير اسمها الذي ذكر هنا في إنجيل معلمنا لؤة وأخر كثيرات يعني مش ثلاثة دولت كان في ناس تانية كنا يخدمنه من أموالهن فلما اجتمع جمع كثير أيضا من الذين جاءوا إليه من كل مدينة قال بمثل خرج الزارع الزارع هو ربنا يسوع المسيح ليزرع زرعه الزارع هنا هي كلمة الله وسيد المسيح هو الله الكلمة فهو الزارع وهو البذار 
وفيما هو يزرع سقط بعض على الطريق فانداس وأكلته طيور السماء هفسر الآيات دي للتفسير جاي بعد كده في بدل معيده مرتين بس في أربع أنواع من الأراضي النوع الأولاني الطريق وقع عليه البزار فالطيور خدته النوع الثاني سقط آخر على الصخر فلما نبت جف يعني نبت بس جف على طول لأنه لم تكن له رطوبة الرطوبة دي إن هي نعمة ربنا يقول لك ينزل كندا بارد في العهد القديم فنعمة ربنا هي الرطوبة يعني مش هنقدر نثمر في حياتنا من غير نعمة ربنا وسقط آخر في وسط الشوك فنبت معه الشوك وخنقه وسقط آخر في الأرض الصالحة فلما نبت صنع ثمرا مئة ضعف في متى ومرقس قالوا ثلاثين وستين ومئة هنا لقى يذكر بس مئة ضعف قال هذا ونادى من له أذنان للسمع فليسمع لأن المثل ده هو إيه الاختلف الزرع واحد أو البزار واحدة والزارع واحد إنما الاختلف نوعية الأرض إزاي الناس سمعت وقبلت كلمة ربنا التلاميذ ما فهموش المثل وقالوا ما عسى أن يكون هذا المثل ليه ربنا ابتدى يكلمهم بأمثال أنا قلت لكم من صح تمانية ما ابتداش يتكلم على نيدا زي الموعزة على الجبل مثلا ابتدى يتكلم بأمثال لأن الناس رفضت أنها تفهم كلمة ربنا يعني يسمعوا كلمة ربنا والتفسير السليم لكن يبتدوا يغيروا التفسير السليم ويحرفوه عشان يناسب فكرهم لأن هم كانوا عايزين ملك أرضي حتى ربنا قال لهم أنتم بتطلبوني ليس لأنكم رأيتم آيات ولكنكم لأنكم أكلتم من الخبز فشبعتم فربنا لقى أن الشعب ده انطبقت فيه نبوة أشعية اللي ذكرت في أشعية ستة عدد تسعة إنهم لهم عيون مبصرين بيشوفوا المعجزات ولكن مش عايزين يفهموها لهم أذان بيسمعوا تعليم المسيح المباشر ومش عايزين يستوعبوها لأن قلب هذا الشعب قد غلظ فالمسيح التلاميذ المخلصين له قال لهم لكم قد أعطي أن تعرفوا أسرار ملكوت السماوات لأن زي ما الكتاب يقول سر الله لخائفين تلاقي واحد يفتح كتابه المقدس يلاقي قصاده طلاسم واحد تاني ربنا يفتح كتابه المقدس قصاد عينيه وقصاد قلبه أما للباقين الباقين اللي هم أول ثلاث أنواع من الأرض الطريق والأرض المحجرة والأرض المليانة شوك فبأمثال هكلمهم بأمثال ليه؟ لأنهم مبصرين شايفين بس لا يستوعبوا لا يبصرون وسامعين بيسمعوا ولكن لا يفهمون فابتدى يشرح لهم المثل قال لهم الزرع هو كلمة ربنا طب مين اللي هم على الطريق الطريق ده هو بيسمع الكلام بس لا عايز يفهمه ولا عايز يحفظه في قلبه ولا عايز يش... يعني الكلمة لا تخترق القلب زي لما تيجي ترم شوية بزار على الطريق الكلمة لا تخترق الطريق أبدا أبدا 
فده واحد عمال يسمع 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 لكن بيقول يخش من هنا ويخرج من هنا ييك الشياطين اللي هي الطيور تخطف الكلام على طول تقول سمعت ايه فهمت ايه هو مجرد سمع لكن ما فهمش سمع بس فدولت يسمعون ثم يأتي إبليس وينزع الكلمة من قلوبهم لألا يؤمنوا فيخلص طيب المجموعة الثانية ده بيسمع ويفهم يعني الأولاني سمع بس الثاني ده سمع وفهم الكلمة وقبلها في قلبه والذين على الصخر هم الذين متى سمعوا يقبلون الكلمة بفرح لكن ما تطبقهاش في حياتهم ما عاشوش بيها عشان كده ليه ما عاشوش بيها لانهم ما عاشوش بيها ما عملتش اصل ما عملتش جدر جذور جوه القلب فايمانهم يبقى ايمان نظري الى حين اول ما تيجي تجربه اول ما تيجي ضيقه يتركوا ربنا لان ما فيش نعمه ربنا ما فيش رطوبه زي ما قال ما فيش رطوبه النوع الثالث ده سمع وفهم ونفذ النوع الاولاني سمع بس الثاني سمع وفهم الثالث سمع وفهم ونفذ بس مع كلمه ربنا خلى معاها شوك زي الشاب الغني هذه حفظتها كلها منذ حدثتي ولكن كان في شوك محبة العالم فالشوك بيكبر مع كلمة ربنا بيخنقه في الآخر يخنق كلمة ربنا قال والذي سقط بين الشوك هم الذين يسمعون ثم يذهبون فيختنقون ثلاث حاجات تخنق كلمة ربنا هموم الحياة ماذا نأكل وماذا نشرب وماذا نلبس وغناها محبة المال ولذاتها محبة اللذات دولت يخنقه كلمة ربنا عشان كده لا ينضجون ثمر إنما الأرض الجيدة ده اللي سمع الكلمة وفهمها وحفظها في قلب جيد صالح يعني ما فيش شوك ما فيش هموم ما فيش محبة عالم ما فيش محبة لذات وطول باله عشان كده يثمرون بالصبر ده الأرض الجيدة ربنا ادانا كلمة اللي هي نور سراج لرجل كلامك ونور لسبيلي ربنا ادانا كلمة عشان احنا ننور نبقى منيرين الكنيسة هي المنارة والمصابيح اللي في الكنيسة دي المؤمنين فكل واحد مننا عبارة عن مصباح في الكنيسة كلمة ربنا مع نعمة الروح القدس الزيت ده هو اللي يخلي المصباح ده يبقى منير فنبقى نور للعالم فعش كده قال ليس أحد أحد اللي هو الله يوقد سراجا اللي هو احنا ويغطي بإناء مسيح ألف العزع الجبل ليضئ نوركم قدام الناس فيروا أعمالكم الصالحة ويمجدوا أباكم الذي في السماوات أو يضحوا تحت السرير يعني أنا لو 
ما خلتش كلمة ربنا تشع نور للعالم أكأني جبت مصباح وحطيته تحت السرير أو حطيته غطيته بإناء بل يضعه على المنارة منارة الكنيسة لينظر الداخلون اللي هم غير المؤمنين ينظر النور فيؤمنوا يروا أعمالكم الصالحة فيمجدوا أباكم الذي في السماوات لأنه ليس خفي لا يظهر أسرار ملكوت الله لا أنا قلتها لكم ديا اللي انتوا حتى ما فهمتوهاش التلاميذ وأنا اضطريت أشرحها لكم ديها تعلن بعد الصليب وبعد القيامة وبعد الصعود وبعد الروح القدس ولا مكتوم لا يعلم ويعلم والنهاردة كرازة بالإنجيل ماليا العالم كله العالم كله سمع صوت الإنجيل عشان كده انظروا كيف تسمعون يا ترى انت من النوع اللي بيسمع وبس ولا من النوع اللي بيسمع وبيفهم وبس ولا من النوع اللي بيسمع وبيفهم وبيطبق بس انت ما زلت عندك اشواك في قلبك تخنق الكلمة ولا انت بتسمع وبتفهم وبتطبق ونظفت قلبك من الشوك وتثمر بالصبر انظروا كيف تسمعون لأن من له اللي هيحمل ثمار كتيرة سيعطى ومن ليس له اللي مش هيحمل ثمار ويطفئ الروح القدس فالذي يظنه له يؤخذ منه لأن ربنا مش عايز مصباح يبقى تحت المكيال مش عايز مصباح يبقى تحت السرير عايز المصباح يضيء للعالم أنتم نور العالم فأنت لو لم لا تضيء للعالم فالذي يظنه له يؤخذ منه بعد كده جه أمه وإخوته إخوته اللي هم أولاد خالته حسب خديج جيروم لأن سيدة العذراء دائمة البتولية لم يكن لها أولاد غير سيد المسيح الذي ولد بطريقة معجزية لأنه ابن الله كلم ولم يقدروا أن يصلوا إليه لسبب الجمع فأخبروا أمك وإخوتك واقفون خارجا يريدون أن يروك فأجاب هنا ربنا ابتدى يشرح من العيلة الجسدية إلى العيلة الروحية لله يعني سيد المسيح له عيلة جسدية الأم دي سيد العذراء أمه بالجسد ليه ربنا اختارها أمه بالجسد زي ما نقول تطلع الأب من السماء فلم يجد من يشبهك اختارها لأنها سمعت كلمة ربنا فهمتها حفظتها في قلبها طبقتها في حياتها نظفت قلبها من الشوك فهنا ربنا بيقول يمكن نغير نقول يا ريتنا كنا من العيلة بتاعت المسيح نبقى قريب له بالجسد فقال لا ما تغيرش ده ربنا اختار العذراء مريم من أجل أنها سمعت وعملت بكلمة ربنا وكل إنسان يسمع كلمة الله يفهمها يحفظها في قلبه يطبقها وينظف قلبه من الشوك ويكون عنده صبر هيبقى من عيلة ربنا مش كده قال أمي وإخوتي هم الذين يسمعون كلمة الله ويعملون بها دي كرامة كبيرة ربنا بيتهالنا إن أنا أقدر أكون من عيلة ربنا من عيلته أمه وأخته وأخله 
لو أنا سمعت الكلمة حفظتها في قلبي وفهمتها وطبقتها في حياتي ونظفت قلبي من الشوق وبعدين وفي أحد الأيام دخل سفينة هو وتلاميذه فقال لهم لنعبر إلى عبر البحيرة البحيرة دي لها كذا اسم هي بحيرة الجليل أو بحيرة جنيسارات أو بحيرة الجليل كل دي نفس الأسماء ودي كانت في الشمال في الجليل فكان هيروح الناحية الثانية فأقلعه وفيما هم سائرون نام لأن هو أخذ بشريتنا كاملة فهو الله الذي صار إنسان فكان يوم مرهق فنام زي ما احتاج أنه يأكل يحتاج أنه يشرب يحتاج أنه ينام فنزل نوء ريح في البحيرة وكانوا يمتلئون ماء وصاروا في خطر العاصفة دي كانت عاصفة جديدة لأن هو مين في السفينة دولت كلهم صيادين سمك أو أغلبهم يعني وكانوا صيادين في بحيرة الجليل دي فيعني عارفين البحيرة دي كويس قوي فبقى العاصفة دي عاصفة غير عادية وملت السفينة بالمية يعني السفينة هتبتدي ايه تغرق القوا لما لقوا المسيح نايم فتقدموا وأيقظوه قائلين يا معلم يا معلم إننا نهلك إننا يعني احنا كلنا بنغرق حتى انت كلنا هنغرق مع بعض فالسيد المسيح قام وانتهر الريح وتموج الماء فانتهي وصار هدوء هنا التلاميذ شافوا إنسانيته لما كان نايم وشافوا لهوته لما انتهر الريح بس أنا مش بفرق بين اللهوت والنسوت لأن اللهوت لم يفارق نسوته لحظة واحدة ولا ترفط عين فاللي نايم ده هو الله المتأنس والذي انتهر الريح هو الله المتأنس أيضا فالمسيح قال لهم ده أنتوا معايا بقالكم فترة طويلة شفتوا كتير من معجزاتي سمعتوا كتير من تعاليمي فين إيمانكم أين إيمانكم فخافوا وقال له مين ده تعجبوا قائلين فيما بينهم من هو هذا مين الشخص العظيم اللي معانا ده فإنه يأمر الرياح أيضا والماء فتطيعه ده له سلطان على الخليقة له سلطان شفنا قبل كده على الأرواح الناكسة له سلطان على الموت لما أقام ابن أرمال اثنين ده مين ده من له سلطان على الطبيعة ومن له سلطان على الأرواح الناجسة ومن له سلطان على المرض ومن له سلطان على الموت غير الله يبقى إذن هذا بالحقيقة هو ابن الله أو الله المتجسد ده يختم دراستنا لكتاب المقدس النهاردة لإلهنا كل مجد وكرامة من الآن إلى الأبد آمين Amen.